0: Hey guys, welcome to True No's Talk, Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you I mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple. I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts.
1: You better get your arms chopping in the 8 5 so everybody knows that we, bleed, we be going and go. We the Seminoles, we
0: the Seminoles, we the Seminoles, we the Seminoles. So if your weapons is a and go, you better get your arms chopping so the whole world now who we be. We the Seminoles, we the Seminoles. What's up everybody, welcome to another edition of Trino's Talk. And for once in, I don't know how long we can actually wake up and say, we're one and zero. We've won the season opener. I mean, just really, just it was kind of a what it was. It was a we we beat a FCS school that we should have beat, and in an impressive manner. I believe um, I look, seen on on the spreadsheet we had. I want to say it was like fifty four rushing attempts for almost four hundred and something yards that's very impressive. I mean, they just – they look good. I mean, Chip, Hunter, y'all was at the game. I mean, I know uh, y'all was there. So, I mean, what did y'all see at the game, you know, because TV shows different every now and then, you know, than what the naked eye can see. So, uh, Chip, I mean, what did you see? I mean, did they look as good as they did on the television set?
2: They did exactly what they were advertised to do against this team. The first-team offense went out there, and just it was nothing but business. When you, you score, we scored every single time we had possession. You had 54 carries for 406 yards. You had Jordan Travis go 11 of 15 for over 200 yards. Easily could have had two touchdown passes, but, you know, my boy Johnny Johnny dropped that one to keep me from uh, winning winning my, my bet on who, what would be the first score. But, I mean, it yeah. was pure domination on the offense. Defense kept it very vanilla. And still, have we held them to under 175 yard total yards for the game. I mean, it was pure dominance. Yeah. I mean, Hunter, I
0: mean, they looked pretty good, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they
1: did. You know, it was a it was a, a great weekend to be back in Doak. Um, as you guys can hear, you know the the transition from the heat to the cold is um, <clears throat> giving me a head cold. So we're we're doctoring that up before LSU. But you know, like Chip said, they come out and did exactly what they were supposed to do against this team. You know, it it, it wasn't even close from the beginning. You know, first drive went down, and scored. You know, second drive, same thing, and it was just perfect. You know. So I got to take a little shot at Chip here. You know, Miss Carol asked a question of who would score the first touchdown besides Jordan Travis. And of course I said, Toa Feely got that right. And if you look, if one of those um, field goals that was scored, if it would have been a touchdown, my spread would have been perfect as well. So um, there's a lot of fun to be back. You know, the environment was great. Um, got to see a bunch of the softball girls again, Michaela, Kat, Kaylee Mudge, Devin Flaherty. It was nice to see them again. And, you know, I never really did the legacy walks. So that was nice to see that. And then, you know, of course, Chip, uh, you got to meet the new voices of the Knowles and some other guys so it was it was a great weekend you know just happy to be back in doke happy to be one of those since the first time you know since 2016 and hopefully uh transitioning to 20 after sunday
0: yeah i mean i mean anybody that watched it on tv or seen it, you know it was just kind of self-explanatory we don't we had to do i mean jamie robinson looked like jamie robinson on defense um there was a couple things I seen that was that concerned me on the defensive side, mainly, you know, the linebackers and the corners biting on the misdirection on the, you know, play action stuff, giving mm-hmm. up, you know, decent chunks to Duquesne, actually. I mean, it was decent chunks. And to put that in perspective, you know, there for a while up until Tate Rodemakers pass, you know, his interception, I didn't think Duquesne was going to get past the 50-yard line because it was just, you know, they – our defense was, was on it. But um, I'd kind of like to see that kind of cleaned up this week because the you know the moderate runs with for Duquesne's you know that could be big runs with LSU. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, I was happy to you know be able to sit back and enjoy watching the Knowles, um, watching really what I've you know I put on the group uh, today you know the four horsemen, you know, you, you got Toa Philly, you got Ward, you got Benson, which all three of them impressed, but you couple that and put that with Jordan Travis's legs. I mean, that's the four horsemen right there, you know, then you got Rodney Hill who had 55 yards, I believe it was, um, and really a quarter and a half of seeing his production. Um, I was, I was really impressed. I mean, Chip, I mean, what, what impressed you the most out of the game that I mean y'all was there what what impressed y'all the most you know out of the team this past weekend
2: it was the offensive focus especially i mean the first team's focus they 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 treated it like like work they went out there they did exactly what they were supposed to do the offensive line did a spectacular job protecting jordan travis and opening holes for the running backs like you said we had 300 yard rushers we were probably three or four carries away from having four cuz i honestly believe rodney hill if he had, if he had got four more touches he would have went over 100 yeah
0: yeah i mean
2: it yeah. I mean, it looked
0: good go ahead hunter
2: i'm going to say a
1: couple of things that i saw too is just kind of hitting on what jeff or what chip said was just the focus you know the um the amount of penalties we have yeah we had one selfish dumb penalty just just one this game which is a major uptick from, you know, years past. But, you know, the um, the penalty aspect of it, and then the fact, like Chip said too, that the offensive line was opening up holes that could fit my tundra through for these running backs. I mean, you know, you couple that with protecting Jordan, and yeah, it was Duquesne. But I think it was even, you know, Coach Kelly quoted and saying, these guys ran 400 yards against Duquesne. He said, it doesn't matter which team that is, that's impressive. So, you know, with the uh, yeah the holes they were opening and the way we were able to run the ball, it's going to be really exciting to see what the offense can do this upcoming week. Because, you know, you got to respect the run, which is going to put in the passing game as well, which we'll get into that more later. But the offensive line and just the lack of penalties really impressed me.
0: Yeah. What really impressed me was, and I'm just going to say it, you know, the growth of the youth so far is what impressed me. I mean, you look at I mean, Rodney Hill, you look at um, really Azari, Azari, Tom, Azari Thomas, you know, bad. He had, I think, one interference appearance call or something like that that against us, but Julian Armella and the way he played on that offensive line has really got me excited about right. the future of this What was that chip?
2: He was a monster. When he went in. Yeah. But,
0: you know, there was something on the live television uh, broadcast of it that if you watched it, you seen it. If you was at the stadium, you didn't. Because they were talking about uh, Gibbons before the game. You know how they meet at 50-yard line, turn around, face the tunnel, helmets in the air, walk back. Um, Gibbons said that I uh, it was Darius Washington was beside him. And I want to say it was Darius and they had their helmets up, and he looked at him and said, "I got you, brother. I got you back." And they said, "Gibbons said that's the first time he's ever played football that he's ever felt that somebody had his back on the field, and would pick him up if he fell." So the growth that I seen, the business like aspect—that's one thing they harped on on the live show on the on the live broadcast—was all the players say it's a business focus for this team, and which is what it needs to be. Especially, you know, with NIL and all that, you know, people get – you know, the kids get paid now. But um, really, I mean, focusing and kind of – we're going to transition from that. I mean, Hunter won the over-under this week because of his touchdown prediction. So, congratulations on that. Um, We're going to kind of go – you know, we're going to go around table. We're going to – our explosive player of the week is back because there's ball games. So, Chip, I mean, who – in your eyes, was your explosive player of the week this week?
2: Well, <sighs> I mean, honestly, you have to pick one of the three running backs. I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm you got to go, TreShaun Ward. That guy, the kid, was a beast. It <sighs> he had one, he had one carry that he carried three defenders, another extra ten yards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you kind of took mine, but yeah. it's
2: okay
1: i'm going to, Connor, I'm going to kind of break the, yeah i'm gonna break the mold here and i see brandon farmer he uh he kind of took my my uh, suggestion of portier you know and it wasn't that you know he had two 300 yards receiving it was just the fact of when the ball was coming his way he had it you know and that's something we haven't seen really in years past is you know one of our receivers going out and getting the deep ball which you know johnny wilson did but you know portier he, he kept on doing that so that that's my player for the week just to show that the the pass game you know the 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 passing game has opened up this season, so. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say, you know, of course we got Ward, you know, and you got told Philly. Benson impressed me. You know, Benson, I want to say he had – I'm pull his stats up real quick. But uh, just the amount, you know, I think he had like, what, 16, 18 missed tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, couple that with 11 carries for 105. You know, out of the running backs, he actually averaged the highest of 9.5 yards per run, and his longest was 43 yards. I mean, you can't – I mean, it just shows – you can't pick just one player from that game Mm -hmm. because everybody played well. You know, would we have all three chosen Johnny Wilson if he wouldn't have, you know, tweaked his ankle on that 51-yard pass? Because I'm telling you, that boy right there is going to be something special. But uh, I'm just, you know, I'm really looking forward to what the running backs do, especially against LSU, because LSU last year had one of the worst run defenses in the country. And um, we're going to get on that here in just a little bit. But uh, we're going to take just a second, just a little minute, second, kind of take a little break, and we'll be back just, just, just a few.
1: Me kind of chills right there. If it doesn't, you have something wrong with you.
0: I'm telling you, man. Whew, go get me some, some beignets and watch some football Sunday. I'm telling you. But, uh, I mean, it's why we're here week one showdown versus LSU. We know really the history, you know, of, of, of this series so far. I mean, we lead, I think it's seven to two um, in the series. And when looking at the history of these two story programs, You know, There's a general, you know, lopsided outcomes when it comes to this game. And uh, really, I think Bobby Bowden had his 200th or 300th win against LSU. Um, You know, when you look back at the 90s, you know, Florida State was dominant, LSU wasn't, and stuff like, you know, uh, 1982, uh, you know, 55-21, dominating performance by us. Really, I mean, not much, you know, the history aspect of it, we know it. And in my eyes, these are two programs that are kind of in the same boat or was. You take the 2013 National Championship Florida State Seminoles. You take the 2019 LSU Tigers. I can't think of two programs other than them two that's fallen from grace so fast, so quickly. You know, yes, ours was, what, four years before we really hit the proverbial, you know, rock bottom and it was theirs was a year but when you look at them you know it's all story things but you know we have a bunch of you know it's a good matchup in my eyes you know chip kelly come out or not chip kelly brian kelly come out and said that he's not announcing his starting quarterback for a tactical advantage that sounds like horse crap
2: oh yeah yeah
1: I agree, you know, and I've seen reports, you know, you've seen them too, Jeff, we talked about them. And, you know, most of the LSU reporters are saying that he hasn't starting starting quarterback because they've both been, you know, underperforming when it comes to practice. So, I guess it's just a battle of, you know, who's going to show up on Sunday, I mean. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's what – yeah, I've heard it. And, and granted, guys, you know, every – Everybody does a podcast if you, if, if you do them and you, you want to get the insight on the other team. You listen to the other team's podcasts. I mean, that's what I've been doing. And really, I mean, there's not – I mean, some of the reporters that's been on the podcast say that, you know, uh, what's his name, Daniels? I want to say it is. Or uh, what's his name? Miss N- Nussmeyer, whatever. Yeah, Nussmeyer, whatever. You know, they, they're not performing well. And you hear Brian Kelly in his press conference and he didn't have nothing really much to say really good about them. You know, he just said they can work off the same play sheet. Well, does that mean that their play sheet is that limited? You know, they're already out. They're running back and suspended for two games. Their star receiver, you know, he had a season-ending injury on his ankle last year and has been brought back kind of gradually this year. You know, their offensive line is... I thought ours was bad, but, I mean, Chip, I mean, what's the one thing, you know, this, you know, with the LSU matchup that that you want to see, that that you're looking forward to seeing?
2: Well, before I get into that, you know, you're talking about Brian Kelly not wanting to mention his quarterback. You know, the one guy that he had returning on the team that had starts under his belt left the program because of Brian Kelly. Um, Yeah. So I I think Brian Kelly is dealing with his own, his own garbage that he has created. But uh, what I would like to see, I have a feeling with the way we ran the ball against Duquesne. And yes, I know it was Duquesne, but still you put 406 yards on somebody. That's something. Um, I see LSU stacking the box. I think they want to try to contain Jordan Travis and force Travis to beat them. Well, Travis now has the confidence to and and believes in himself that he can do it. Where it spent it took Norvell two full seasons to get Travis Travis's confidence back from you know Taggart destroying it. And uh they they it's gonna come down to can Jordan Travis be an efficient passer? And um I'm um, I'm here to tell you, I honestly believe he will. I think you're gonna see career highs out of Jordan Travis in this game because that's gonna be the game plan LSU is gonna force us to play. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Hunter, I mean, what, what are you looking forward to seeing besides being in the Superdome for uh for the game?
1: Oh yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to to going there with my wife and my brother-in-law, and my my father-in-law Gary, who asked a pretty good question a minute ago. We'll get to that in just a second. Um but the biggest thing for me that I want to see is I want to see us establish the run game. You know, that's what Brian Kelly is seeing us coming in as a running team. I want us to just be able to run the ball on them and then open up the passing game to really, you know, open up the playbooks so we don't have to rely on, you know, the, the three running backs and Jordan and their legs. I, I want to see, you know, an equal balance, if you will, of, of rushing attack and passing attack. And that's going to be the key, you know, their offensive line, there's a whole lot of questions about it. I mean, so far, all we know is it's like Swiss cheese, but I'm hearing about how good their defensive line is. And I just wanted to come in and be able to show them, look, our, our rushing attack is better than your defensive line. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, how well we can rush the ball against them. Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean y'all are right. I mean, they brought back, I want to say, 56% of their, their production from last year. But their offensive line, you mentioned that, you know, you got their their this is just their projected death chart. What what I've seen is you got center uh Garrett Dillinger. He's got, I mean, over 350 snaps of experience, but not a single snap at center. So you put somebody head up on him or in that one technique on each either side, he's not gonna know what to do. You know, that it's different from, you know, being protected in in practice than, you know, big old Robert Cooper staring you down or or you know, love it, or somebody else staring you down, you know, growling at you. But then you got, you know, you got his left guard. They're looking at Miles Frazier. He's a FIU transfer, which nothing against the FIU transfer, but you know, he, how will his his game translate to Power Five and really SEC style football? Then you got Will Campbell left left is What they're saying now. Before I talk about him, granted, these boys on this line are no. There are no slouches. They're the shortest one's the center at six five. And they're all right around 300, 350 pounds. But you look at Will Campbell, four star true freshman. He early enrolled. He has zero experience in the game. You put him big stage, um, you know, Labor Day weekend, all eyes are on him. He that's gonna be a target. I would, I would definitely that'd be a spot I'd target, definitely, with my ends, especially Verse or uh, McClendon, you know. Anthony Bradford, he has a little bit over, I think, 250 snaps, what I've seen, but he hadn't graded well on any of them. He only has like 45 snaps at, at the right guard position. Then you have Cameron uh, Wire. He's really their most experienced of all of them. He has about 800 snaps, but they were all at left tackle, not right tackle. And sometimes you can translate across the you know, you can flip flop on the on the tackle things, and it comes natural sometimes. Take it from an offensive line coach; it's like going from speaking English to speaking French to the guy. But I really am looking forward to seeing what our defensive front can do with that line because they ain't, they're not going to have a really experienced running back back there. And then you couple that with their run defense last year. I want to say I read today last year in their season opener against UCLA. I want to say they gave up like two hundred something. Uh, yards rushing on like 30-something rushes. So, if we can just couple that, I think we'd be good there. Um, But I think, you know, go along with Chip, I think their problem is they're going to try to stop that run game and try to contain Jordan Travis like Kelly said he's going to. You know, and that's going to open the passing game up. And we finally, for once, since Jordan Travis has been behind center, we've got him some weapons out there that can catch. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, me and Hunter—we was talking about what uh, we said that you got Johnny Wilson who's six seven. You know, what did we say? Keyshawn Hilton was the shortest receiver yeah. out there, and he's like five eleven. Yeah, all the rest of them are six one and above, and mm-hmm. darn good catchers.
1: You know, yeah, and that's hands. the thing so, you know that I saw at Duquesne was just the absolute mismatch. I know Chip saw it too. The absolute mismatch of of Johnny against their DBs. I mean, granted, it was Duke so their DBs are going to be smaller, but it's just, I mean, it's just like you have, you know, Kevin Durant out there against a middle school basketball player. It's it's
2: yeah. it's ridiculous just how big he is. And when he run, it was just it was it, his running looked effortless. Like he was like he was jogging while the defender was in, in sprints. Like everything was effortless. And it was yeah. – <laughs> that kid gets it gets it all together. He is going to be something to watch. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you somebody that I was impressed watching against Duquesne, and, and y'all probably didn't see it. They probably replayed it a million times. But that's Toa Feely. Because there was that one play he cut. It was an inside zone read. I won't say it was. And the linebacker had him dead to rights, squared up on him, and Toa Philly put that foot in the ground, planted, and the dude was just reaching for air. Mm-hmm. Then you take that with – they've actually – seen somebody that yesterday nicknamed Ward the human human highlight stick or whatever it was because the way he spins and cuts and moves are running backs is what I'm – you know, because eventually, like, like, you know, me and Chip said, you know, they're going to stack the box, cut down the run. Then when the passing game opens up, they're going to be forced to spread back out. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the, the running game and the running backs is going to take hold and really just show our strength, really. I mean, ground and pound offense with a, just a mean defense. I'm telling you, I, I haven't been more excited about a defense since thirteen. because, I mean, look what we got. I mean, that's what I'm going to be impressed with. Now, granted, they do have, what is it, a Boutte or whatever, the receiver. The boy looks good, I mean. He was limited. He was still, like, I think he played, like, nine games, eight games, leading receiver, but he does it in chunk plays. All his plays come from big, big passes, making one guy miss, and he's off to the races. He's fast. But I don't think Jamie Robinson or um, – really, I mean, anybody on the backside. Jamie Robinson. I think they're going to put Jamie Robinson on him. I don't think that Jamie's going to have an issue. The only thing I'm scared about, though, like, Hunter said earlier is that defensive front that it's a good defensive front and how well is our offensive line, which has been battered and really took a injury bug here lately going to hold up.
2: Well, the, the main, the main matchups that is any, any fan of both teams should be excited to watch is going to be our offensive line against their defensive line and their offensive line against our defensive line. We'll see who's the bigger dog? Yeah. We kept everything very vanilla against duquesne and uh I think with you know lSU being favored again uh favored, I, I think, think it's going to make these boys hungry
1: you know you bring up LSU being favored that brings up a a question by my my daddy-in-law Gary he wants to know how we feel about the spread, which is uh three and a half points for lSU how you feel about that Jeff?
0: I'll take that. That ain't nothing but – if, if, if anybody's ever watched, you know, the football spread stuff, they give you three-and-a-half points for just a home-field advantage, and that's really what New Orleans is. It's just a home-field advantage. I mean, they, they can take that three-and-a-half points, you know, go get them a hand grenade with it because it's going to blow up in their face because I honestly believe – I mean, it ain't going to be a three-and-a-half point game. It's not. I mean – You look, you got Brian Kelly, new coaching staff coming in, new regime. You know, that's where the benefit's on us. We've got our nerves out. There's not a game one. Every player on there Saturday got them nerves out, got that first hit, that pad-to-pad, you know, got to taste it. Jordan Travis knows the offense, and they've honestly opened the book up this year. And He said it's the most complicated offense he's probably ever seen. So – you take the nerves and us finally opening that playbook up to him and put that against Brian Kelly, who said they've got their stamp, his stamp of toughness. I, I watched his press conference, which don't mean jack squat. A new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new players with transfers, new head coach, the nerves, big game environment. Honestly, I just – I don't see where LSU will hold up. I think it'll be kind of a showing off of – it'll be kind of a repeat performance of LSU-UCLA last year at the beginning where UCLA really just ran all over them. I think they beat them like 38-27 to 27 or 38-20-something to 20 something last year is what UCLA beat them by opening weekend. But I, the three-and-a-half points, I ain't worried about. That's just a home field advantage. What about you, Chip?
2: You know, Jeff, you brought up a really good point about – earlier about, yeah, we all know LSU is going to try to stack the box. But after they get gashed by the run, they stack the box. After they get picked apart by Jordan Travis, then like you said, they're going to be forced to spread out. They're, they're screwed either way. It's, it's going to be whatever Mike Norvell calls up is going to work. And another thing that you brought up about Tola Fili-, Fili is – look how much, look how much he has grown in his, from his first two years under Norvell to, to now, like you can, I mean, any fan who is, I know, and a lot of us have been disappointed with the last couple of years, but you look at how much these players have grown under Norvell, the person, the pudding right now, we're about to reap the benefits.
1: Yeah. You know, I can definitely agree with that. Um, so I've told my my wife that we are definitely stopping by the uh, sports book at Harris Casino in New Orleans, and I will be putting some money on this game because, like you said, that grenade is going to blow up rather quickly. And, you know, I took my friend Daniel to the game this weekend. He hasn't been, you know, quite a quite a, while, quite a long time. You know, he's been kind of disappointed how things are going. And we were sitting there watching the game, and I reached over and nudged his shoulder. I said, Daniel, I said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, what? I said, you're watching this game. you have seen what's going on. I said, this is what Bobby Bowden said. First you lose big, then you lose small. Then you win small, then you win big. He said, you know what? He said, you're right. He said, I can finally see where the the pieces are coming together to just kind of fulfill that that prophecy that Bobby always spoke of. I said, you have to give it time. Now, am I saying that we're going to go out and just blow out every team we play this year? No. But it's time for us to get back to – you know, the unconquered way and start winning some ballgames. And I think that that started this past weekend and will continue to this weekend.
0: Yeah. And and speaking on what you mentioned about Toa Philly, Chip, Toa Philly, his true freshman year, year before last, you know, he was out of nowhere. You know, he was Mm -hmm. in a backfield that was decimated. He was offensive line that, you know, you know, I mean, water could have went through. But he still had a good freshman season. Mm-hmm. then I was really looking forward to him last year, but injuries and I don't know if he was in trouble or what academics, but it, it was like he would show up one game, be there next game, not yeah. back and forth with him. And I think, you know, the business mindset they've got this year and really, you know, I've got to pat him on the back. That's the coaching staff that's instilled that, mm-hmm. you know, was it, and I'm not saying this to be mean, was it the removal of Kenny Dillingham that made that mindset? You know, and that's just something that I've thought about. You know, the past couple of days, you have a more hard-nosed, rugged team this year, just by watching them. Oh yeah, especially on offense. But look at who your offensive coordinator is. You know, I wouldn't want to meet Alex Atkins in a back in a, in a alley down the road, Mm-mm. or heck, I wouldn't even want to. I wouldn't want to meet him on Main Street USA at Disney World. That's one big man. He, I'm a big dude, but no, I'd be jumped in the Mickey Mouse suit and left. But was it that mindset that's changed? You know, was it the offensive coordinator mindset that changed that whole thing to what we are now? You know, we're a rugged team. That's kind of been on back of my mind. You know, Kenny Dillingham was kind of, and no, 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 you know, nothing towards old Dilly. He was a good, good coordinator. But I think the ruggedness of what we're going to see is because of Adkins coming up as the OC, coupling that with Norvell. And we're going to see a better team, really. But um, Brandon Farmer asks, uh, what is y'all's input on the two-point conversion after the first touchdown? Was that a crazy call or what? Hunter, what do you think about it?
1: I'm going to let Chip go first. He's uh, the offensive mind here, so he he would kind of know better.
2: Um. Personally it's is something I would not have called. I would have went with the PAT. Um it kinda looked like a lot of confusion. And I don't know, Hunter, I mean you were there too. I don't know if you kind of agree with there because you know, White Rector kind of sat there like, Hey, what are we doing? And yeah. I was thinking maybe the kicker forgot to run out on the field. It just it, it it didn't look it didn't look it wasn't a good look. It was it was one of the the Only a handful of times the offense didn't look good.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I'm not sure if it was, you know, just trying something new against, you know, an actual team or what it was. But I wasn't a big fan of it, especially that early in the game. You know, it's first score of the game, first score of the season. Why not just go ahead, like Jeff said, get the nerves out of the way, kick the PAT and try it on the second one if you're going to try something like that. So I'm not really sure what uh, what the call was there.
0: I hate to go against y'all, but I'd have went for it. I'd have went, dude. It's Duquesne. You knew, you know. Honestly, if you know Brian Kelly and LSU was watching that film left and right, I would have lined my receivers up standing backwards like they did a few years ago. (laughs) You know, I would have just, I would have, I would have, I would have lined Armella up at freaking wide out and had him run just a just a go route as big as he is, you know, I would have threw some stuff, especially second half, man. I would have made them – I would have made LSU think we're – we freaking – what were they, the mud dogs that Bobby Boucher played for? Yeah. In the water, boy, I would have made him think we were them, dude. I I mean, he – me personally, I was an offensive-minded coach at times. You know, he had the the numbers. You know, you knew you could have ran on them. Now, that particular play – I mean, I'm with y'all. I'm like, I thought the same thing. I was like, did the special teams unit, the field goal unit, just forget to, you know, get the water bottles down and come out? But I mean, I would've went for it, cause you, I mean, you knew you had the game anyway. You know, just with the mindset and the way them boys played, you knew it wasn't gonna be a, you know, a Jacksonville State again. And well, a because we didn't have Brownlee out there, but there you go. I, I would've went, I would, I would've went for it. But that's just, that's just me. You know, I, I take risk whenever I'm out there. But that's our take on it. You know, yeah, it, it was a crazy call, but, you know, two two out of three would have kicked the PAT, and I'm the only lone, you know, dumb-dumb that that would have went for it. But
2: um, – I'm so not saying I wouldn't. Miss Carroll. But I wouldn't – it wouldn't have been that. It would have been my, my, my first team offense out there, and we'd have done something. Not, yeah. you know, a guy that hasn't thrown a pass and – what four, four or five years? Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and it looked like he was trying to hit the same, like the he was trying to hit a, the tight end that just like cleared up the the touchdown. But Miss Carroll asked, "I'm gonna put it on the stream, actually." Uh, said this is Jordan Travis's national television breakout debut as a quarterback, who can do it all. You know, do y'all agree with, you know, y'all agree with that? I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, diamonds shine brighter, you know, when the pressure's on.
2: I do 100% because, like I said earlier, LSU's going to try to stack the box. They're going to try to force Jordan Travis to beat them. And Jordan Travis is going to beat them, which is going to cause them to spread back out. And then that's when the big dogs are going to eat. And I'm talking about Ward. I'm talking about... Benson, I'm talking about uh Toll Philly, I'm talking about Hill, I'm even talking about Jordan Travis.
0: Yeah, Gary English put that, you know, the receivers will open up the running lanes, that's true. Um, But right now, you know, we're going to, we've talked a little bit about it, what we want to see, what we've seen, so we're going to go ahead and jump, you know, kind of into the over-under for this week, you know, just some stuff I threw together. Um, You know, everybody's got different spreads, or like, point totals one of them's like i think 57 and a half is what one one uh, i think espn has but the one i seen um is 51 points go, go around you know chip you think over under 51 combined points for the game
2: i'm gonna say under i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say 27 14 florida state
0: so, you going under on that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Hunter?
1: I'm going over. Um, you know, y'all might laugh at me. I know Miss Carol will see her comment there about uh, winning by three points. And I've told y'all, there's a number in my head, and it's just sticking there, thirty-four twenty-one 21 And I think that, you know, at least seven of that will come in the fourth quarter. You know, the, the first half is we're going to score some points, but I think that the second half is where, you know, adjustments will be made, and we, we score some points. But I'm thinking
0: 34-21. Yeah. Um, so, Chip, you went under.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hunter, you went over. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on it. You know, I think that the offense is improved. I think the offense is going to be the, the key to it. I think that if you look at Norvell – um, really in his third, fourth year at Memphis, they were putting up 50-something points a game. Um, granted, we only put up 47 against Duquesne, but me and Hunter spoke, was it next day or Monday? You know, if you take the the three field goals that we kicked, or the two field goals we kicked, add, what, the eight points on top of that that combined, you know, if we just scored touchdowns, we'd have been well over 50. Almost, you know, and then the two-point conversion, you know, we'd have been close to 60 points. So, I'm going to go over on that one. I'm going to go over um, Hunter, what was your what was your point your your score prediction?
1: Oh, for this game?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, 34-21. And Chip yours was what? 20. Uh
0: 20 uh what i'll say twenty seven uh fourteen you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go forty two to probably twenty one on that one because I think I think we got the better team you know for so it'll be forty two you know um so I'm over on that one now here's the other one, you know, like we mentioned, you know, the running game, they're going to try to shut it down, so it's going to open up the passing games. So, we're going to start with Hunter. Will Jordan Travis have two passing touchdowns, over or under this game?
1: I'm going to say over. Like you said, you know, they're they're calling essentially for, for Jordan's head in the running game. So, you know, as long, as long as Johnny's healthy, he's out there on the field, I feel like, you know, be, both he and uh, Portier are going to have a game. So, yeah.
0: What about you, Chip?
2: I'm going to say over. I'm going to say he's going to have four touchdowns.
0: Ooh. you know what? I'm going to put four
2: in parentheses right there so we see if
0: you're right. I'm going over. I'm going over. <laughs> I'm going to go over. I'm not going four touchdowns. <laughs> I'll go um, – I mean, I'll go three. You know, I'm not going to give a – you know, but he'll have more than two because, you know, you try to shut the run game down, you're going to – you're causing – you know, you shut that run – Crowd that box, try to shut the run game down. You're leaving your men one on one on the outsides. And a LSU cornerback versus a six foot seven Johnny Wilson or Micah Pittman or even Malik McClain, I'll take those odds every day. So I'm going over on that one. All right. Now, here's the one that really kind of we were all missed last week. And that is. The defense will have two sacks this this game. Chip, what do you think?
2: Uh, yes. Um, I wasn't accounting for us running a very vanilla defense last week, in which I don't think we we actually blitzed whatsoever. Um, I'm gonna say four sacks.
0: You like
1: the number four?
2: I'll say put that in parentheses too. Uh,
0: I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to say we get three. Uh, I do.
0: I'm going to go over because I think, you know, like, like Chip mentioned, they didn't draw up any blitz packages, really. Like, they didn't the, – the defensive front look was just straight, you know, straight ahead, try to get back there by just brute force through the line. They didn't stunt. They didn't try to, you know, come across. They didn't send the linebackers any different way. But um, I'm going to go over. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Hunter on that. Probably, I, you know, three. I'd probably say three. Now, I don't know if y'all realize this, but the Duquesne game broke a streak we had, and that was defensive takeaways. You know, I think we ended this year last year on, like, eight games with an interception or a fumble recovery or something. Does our defense get back on track? and have at least one takeaway fumble or interception this game. Yes. Over or under one. Uh,
2: if I if, I want to say just one, but I am going to I'm gonna have to go I'm going to have to go over, but at least one. I thought you going to say four again. No, no, no.
0: I'm gonna have to go over because I honestly think that it don't matter who they throw back there behind center, you couple that with our defensive backs. They're going they're going to get one. And, and I mean Tatum Bethune almost had one against Duquesne. You know, if his paw would have been a little bit bigger, I mean he could have mean, yep. it would have been he'd have had that, and went back side back, you know, pick six. But you know, Nussmeyer or whatever his name is, only like fifty four snaps. He's 50% completion rate, what i seen. Jaden Daniels last season at Arizona State had, I think, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So, he he throws the INTs. So, I'm going to go – I'm going over
1: on that one. Yeah, I'll say we get two of them. And, you know, just to go back to what you said about Bethune, if he would have caught that one, the way he rushed back for it and ran it back to the house, it had been sports center top ten even though it was against Duquesne. I mean, it was just – it would have been that good of a play. Yeah.
0: Well, here's the last over-under. Will the four horsemen, and if you look on the Facebook group, you know the four horsemen are, what we're calling them. Will they have two, over 200 yards rushing in this game? Chip, I'm going to let you take this one.
2: I believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, but I'm not going to give a amount. 400
0: I mean no. no sticking with the 4s <laughs>
2: we'll have over 200 but it won't be much over 200 because i think i mean a lot more balanced i can go with that you know, go i can
1: see about i can see around 225 myself 230 i can see that because you, you know like you said they're gonna stack the box to start the game but when you know, Jordan starts hitting some passes. They're going to have to, you know, play on his defense. And that's where we'll get the get the yards out on the ground.
2: What is Jordan what you you look Career high in passing in like 254 or something like that?
0: Something like that. He had like oh. 200 something last game. But yeah, it's like 254.
2: But I, I see him. I see this probably being a very a career high for him this game because yeah. they, they're going to force him. They're going to force us to.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go over on it because really, I'm. I mean, that's 50 yards a, a run, a runner, you know, a rusher. And I think, I think Ward will have that. I'm going to be honest. I think Ward will have that by halftime. Yeah. You know, because we're going to, I think Norvell's going to rely heavy on that run game to get them to keep that box tight, to open them passing lanes up. And then, you know, third down, second and medium, you know, especially the third, you know, series, offensive series. I think that, when they start packing that box in with eight, nine, or, you know, about, well, say five or six, seven, sometimes eight, you know, depending on what their fronts are, that's going to open up the the, the passing game, which is going to go to our over-under and chips four touchdowns. Um, but I, I think – honestly, I think that Brian Kelly, which we all know what he's going to do, you know, if he's got a tight end, he's going to utilize it, mm-hmm. shut the tight end down. They don't have a running back. Their offensive line is like Swiss cheese. Am I saying that the offensive line won't be any good? No, but I'm saying it's first game and no unity there, no, you know, camaraderie with them. Um, I think Verse McClendon, Big Coop, uh, we'll have a heyday on on that one. Uh, so yeah, I'm going over. I just I'm excited about it. So I mean, I mean, we got about three four minutes. I mean, what y'all's final thoughts? I mean, hi, yeah. I mean, what's I your a, final thoughts?
1: I got a question for both of you before I really give my final thoughts on it. So, you're Coach Norvell coming into this game. Do you want the ball first, or do you want it after halftime? I mean, do you, do you want it first to have your offense come out and show what they can do, or do you want your defense to come out first and break their wheel
2: right off the bat? Jeff, I'll let you take this one first.
0: Honestly, I'd want defense first. I'd want defense first to see what quarterback comes out. Because then that's going to tell me what game plan they're going to have. And then that's also, you know, because second series, I mean, it may be the second quarterback after Versa McClendon gets a hold of him, you know. Um, I just I say, I say, you know, that so that way I get the ball first, second half, you know, because let your defense shut them down that first series. You get the ball second half, you score it the last of the first half, you come out, score second half right off the rip. That's momentum. I mean, that's, I mean, you look at it, I mean, that's that's what you kind of want. What about you, Chip?
2: I'm with you on that. I, I've always been a big proponent of I want my defense on the field first. I want my defense to set the tone. And with our D-line and the defense we have this year, it is a defense that I want to set the tone because we got some straight dogs out there. And... um. This would be the perfect game on a nationwide platform, national platform to let them know, hey, we're not the symbols you've seen the last four years and it's is this is the perfect opportunity, and I think those boys are chomping at the bits right now. You know yeah. one thing that one thing that it had the hair standing up on my arms was that um, that rough uh not the rough in the passer penalty uh the when um that defender hit i think it was wide receiver running back out of bounds and norville mm-hmm. got got into his tail and pulled him out of the game that's something we haven't you know you have you, you didn't see under taggart i can't i don't really remember under jimbo because but we had a lot of those those uh penalties under Taggart and nothing would ever happen. And, uh, yeah, it, it got his head straight and then he ended up making a big pass breakup.
1: Yeah. You know, I could see that. And you, you know, you look at, um uh, like you said, coach Norvell getting in his, getting in his tail. Like you said, you look at the camaraderie there. I mean, I'm sure you guys see it on Twitter, but, um, uh, you know, I don't know if you still do it or not, but you know, every day during fall camp, Norvell would raise Robert Cooper down the field, and it got to where, you know, the other linemen and stuff, they would get involved and, you know, kind of keep them from getting to him, and it become a thing during practice, so they did it every morning. Um, you look at that, so Norvell says, hey, look, you know, I'm here, I support what you're doing, and I appreciate you, and we're having a good time, but like you said, when it comes to game time, he's willing to be that coach and say, hey, you know what? You're out, come on, let's go over and talk about this, you know? And even he's addressed it several times. He, he He's still upset about that penalty. He's like, there's no reason we should have done that so i think that uh yeah. that this year it's just different you know i've mentioned the water tasting different in tallahassee and I, I believe it and i'm just looking forward to making that long drive over to new orleans and looking forward to a uh a great ride back after his victory for sure
0: yeah well i mean my thing is is and it's just something that's been on my mind you look at it for four years really more than that i mean since 16 really or 17, this team has just been dog talked, put down, even you know, you know, the transfers when they decide to come here, there was why are you going to Florida State? They they stink. You know, honestly, and I've told Hunter this the other day. In my heart, I have a feeling, and if you look at it, this defense compared to 13's defense, gritty, tough. You look at the offensive side of the ball to that 13 defense. Now, am I saying we're going to win a national championship? No, because unranked to playoff contender is hard to do in this day and age of football. But something about this team just in my heart strikes me as just like that 13 team. You know, we got a quarterback that is just as talented. Me, honestly, in my eyes, I hate to say it. And some people's going to ridicule me, say I'm, I'm an idiot. Jordan Travis, in my eyes, is probably more athletic than Jameis Winston was, you know, with what he could do with his legs. Passing ability, not so there. But, honestly, this team reminds me so much in my, my heart of that 13 team. And that 13 team come out and put a whooping on Pitt. Mm-hmm. First game, Labor Day weekend, I want to say it was. You know, I, I just have a feeling that – Great things are coming, you know, the climb is here, we're, we're getting to it. Really, we get past this game, we get past Louisville, and the rest of the season is ours um, with, you know, Wake Forest and all that, with the trouble they've had. But this game right here, I can't wait to sit down watch it, um, enjoy, you know, the just watching the Noles play. Like y'all mentioned, you know, Jari and Jones with the late hit out of bounds, that's something we didn't see back in the time. I think Willie Taggart would have probably danced with him on the sideline. You know, yeah. Um, but the dumb penalties, you know, was it Lars Woodby? I don't know how many times you've seen him, you know, pass break up and he'd wave his finger in the, in the, in the receiver's face and we're down 40-something points. You know, the dumb penalties are gone. The business mindset's here. Guys, I mean, we're going to sign off. We're just looking forward to a good game. Make the big easy. Knowles country. Skin an old kitty cat because Renegade needs a, a new saddle blanket. And, guys, we'll see you all next week. Go Noles.
1: Go Noles.